programs. To volunteer your time or to make a donation, or for more information, visit berkeleyfreeclinic.org. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio. Meals on Wheels is dedicated to fostering independent living for San Francisco seniors by providing hot, nutritious meals delivered to their homes. They're committed to fostering independent living for as long as possible. For more information, please call Meals on Wheels at 415-920-1111. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco. Yeah. 
cops harassing. Imagine going to court with no trial. Lifestyle cruising blue behind my waters. No welfare supporters. More conscious of the way we raise our daughters. Days are shorter, nights are colder. Feeling like life is over. These snakes strike like a cobra. The world's hot, my son got knocked. Evidently, it's elementary. They want us all gone eventually. Trooping out of state for a plate. Knowledge, if coke was cooked without the garbage, we'd all have the top dollars. Imagine everybody flashing, fashion, designer clothes. Lacing your click up with diamond rolls. Your people holding dough, no parole, no rubbers. Going raw, imagine law with no undercovers. Just some thoughts for the mind. I take a glimpse into time, watch the blend, read the world is mine. If I Imagine that. I free all my sons. I love them, love them, baby. Black diamonds and pearls. Could it be if you could be mine, we both shine? If I in these last days until where to be paradise life relaxing black latino and anglo-saxon i'm on the exchange the range cast lord travels your bath free at last brand new whips to crash then we laugh in the illa path the villa houses for the crew how we do trees for breakfast dime sexes have been stretches so many years of depression make me vision the better living type of place to raise kids in opening eyes to the lies history's told foul but i'm as wise as the old owl plus the gold child seeing things like i was controlling click rolling Tricking six digits on kicks and still holding trips to Paris. I civilize every savage. Give me one shot, I turn tripe life to lavish. Political prisoners set free, stress free. No work release, purple and threes and jet skis. Fill the wind breeze in West Indies. I think Coretta Scott King, mayor the cities and reverse things to Willie's. It sound foul, but every girl I meet to go downtown. I'd open every cell in Attica, send them to Africa. Imagine that. Making moves in Atlanta back and forth scrambler Cause you can have all the chips Be poor or rich Still nobody want a nigga have a shit If I rule the world and everything in it Sky's the limit I push it through four, five, infinite It wouldn't be no such thing as jealousies or be felony Strictly living longevity to the destiny I thought I'd never see but reality struck Better find out before your time's out What the fuck yeah. Imagine that I free all my
Okay, that was Lauren Hill, If I Ruled the World, with Nas. And uh, before that, we have what's kind of our theme song. You got to serve somebody, and you know you do. This is The Bee, and it's Saturday morning, 10 a.m. We're recording live, as we always do, on Saturday morning. And then you can catch up at... MeetMeRadio.fm podcasts forward slash podcasts. Come on down to Mutiny Radio where it's happening. We got art, we got music, we got comedy, we got radio. It's all happening right here on the cutting edge. Name of the show is Labor and Love, show where we remind you. We tell you how it is. If one person got a dollar they didn't work for, another person worked for a dollar they didn't get. If you don't have a seat at the table, the negotiating table that is, you're probably on the menu. And never, but never let anyone into your heart who is not a friend of labor. We're going to be talking uh, Columbus this week, your take on Columbus. But today I want to play this song from my brother who celebrated his birthday last week. And when he plays this song... The governor promised not to send the militia into the coal fields, but he lied, and he did. Not that. Okay, here we go. Charlie's son. Never know how much I love you. Never know how much I care. When you put your arms around me, I get a fever that's so hard to bear. You give me fever. When you kiss me, fever, when you hold me tight Fever in the morning A fever all through the night Sun lights up the daytime Moon lights up the night I light up when you call my name And you know I'm gonna treat you right You give me fever When you kiss me Fever when you hold me tight Fever in the morning A fever all through the night Everybody's got the fever That is something you all know Fever isn't such a new thing Fever started long ago Romeo loved Juliet Juliet, she felt the same When he put his arms around her He said, Julie, baby, you're my flame Now give us fever 
out to brother Charlie who actually has his own show on uh, KWMR in Marin County every uh, Tuesday from 6.30 to 8. Yeah, this is Labor and Love and we are coming at you from 2781 21st Street aka Mutiny. Come and join the mutiny. Well, today we're going to talk Columbus because Columbus is kind of a watershed in, in history. And your opinion of who Columbus was and what he did probably tells a lot about a lot of your other beliefs. Uh, so we'll get get with that. We'll hear from Russell Means and uh, Buffy St. Marie. Okay, in the meantime, let's listen to Win Labor Report. News about labor and the labor movement from all over the country. Win Labor Report. Workers' Independent News We Can Review. I'm Doug Cunningham. With a strike at Fiat Chrysler having been averted, UAW workers will soon be voting on that second tentative agreement. UAW leaders say significant gains were made in the second round of bargaining. The union's bargaining committee voted to send the proposed contract to local UAW leaders and their Chrysler Council. The UAW Chrysler Council will meet Friday in Detroit to review and vote on the tentative agreement. If they approve, the UAW plans to make details of the new agreement public immediately, then it still must be ratified by rank-and-file UAW workers at Fiat Chrysler. UAW President Dennis Williams says leadership heard the members and went back to the table at Fiat Chrysler to strengthen the new labor agreement. Williams says he believes this new tentative agreement addresses UAW members' principal concerns about their jobs and their futures. 
Melinda St. Louis of Global Trade Watch says the Trans-Pacific Partnership deal reached in secret by corporate negotiators is bad for America and must be stopped in Congress. The Trans-Pacific Partnership, it's branded as a trade agreement, but it is not about trade. It really is a wish list of the largest multinational corporations and what they weren't able to get through our democratic process. And that's why you see expanded monopolies for brand name drugs. You see rollback of regulation for Wall Street. You see a rollback of buy American uh, or buy local policies to reinvest our tax dollars at the local level. You see incentives to offshore jobs in the United States. And it was negotiated in secret behind closed doors with 600 corporate advisors who had access to the text who were able to influence what the deal is while the public has been locked out. More than 12,000 nursing home workers are united in SEIU Healthcare Illinois and Indiana as they try to improve wages and working conditions. In Chicago Tuesday, nursing home workers and supporters picketed Glen Oaks Nursing and Rehabilitation Center. Raina Rundberg is a 13-year veteran of nursing home work, active in her union as they negotiate a new contract. She wants $15 an hour for herself and her co-workers, but she says nursing home owners just don't seem to get that workers need and deserve big improvements. I'm in the bargaining committee. Uh, right now, we are bargaining. Uh, we are negotiating for a new contract. And when we go to the table, these owners just don't understand. As a matter of fact, we have been told that we should be thankful to have a job. We're trying our best to do everything for this residence, and we get such low wages. We feel that we deserve the 15. Workers Independent News puts workers and their unions on the national radio news airwaves every day. To help keep Labor's voice on the air, go to laborradio.org. Workers Independent News provided by Diversified Media Enterprises. I'm Doug Cunningham. Okay, that was Doug Cunningham and the uh, Workers Independent News. And uh, it sounds like workers at Chrysler have rejected a two-tier scheme uh, instead of voting just for themselves and their own narrow self-interest which is you know pretty justifiable in most circles although not all um, they vote for the future they vote for their future members who they probably don't even know <laughs> or people who haven't even started working there. Okay, and this is Radio Labor. World news this about the is labor. Solidarity News on Radio Labor. This is a Radio Labor World Report recorded on Friday, October 16th, 2015. I'm Mark Belanger. In the report this week, children are being used as underwater gold miners in the Philippines and dying. Building and woodworker unions discuss strategies to help migrants. And the Labor Start report about union events around the world. This is Radio Labor. The respected NGO Human Rights Watch has released a report condemning the use of child labor for gold mining in the Philippines. Radio Labor senior correspondent Simari Ainsborough has a report. There are about 18,000 children working as miners in the Philippines. 
Many of them are used in underwater mines because they can fit into the narrow boxes that lead through the water to the gold-containing silt at the bottom. On the surface, other children sift through the sediment brought up through the shaft. With their hands, they create an amalgam, a mixture of poisonous mercury and silt, to find gold particles. Carlos Conde is a researcher with Human Rights Watch. Thousands of children across the Philippines are engaged in small-scale gold mining. This type of work exposes these children to all sorts of danger. Many of them work underground, many of them work underwater, and many of them handle toxic substances. Because much of the gold deposits in the Philippines are below the water table, a unique process that is called compressor mining has evolved. This involves the use of compressors on the surface where a tube is attached, and through this tube, the miners would breathe. Most of the compressor miners are men, but some of them are children. Compressor miners may spend up to three hours as deep as 10 meters digging ore. Somebody from the surface would bring up the ores in sacks and give these to the other miners on the surface who would then eventually pan for gold. There have been instances when compressor miners drowned, and there have also been instances when uh, the compressor itself stopped working, thus depriving the miners below oxygen. Compressor miners are also at risk of decompression sickness, and many of the miners are vulnerable to skin diseases from the bacteria underwater. It's not only the children who work underwater who are in danger. As Mr. Conde points out, the children on the surface are being poisoned by the panning that they do. Besides the obvious risk of accident, there is a more hidden secret danger of mining, which is the use of mercury. Mercury is a toxic liquid metal that attracts gold particles and separates it from the sand and other elements, forming an amalgam. When this amalgam is burned using a blowtorch, the mercury evaporates into poisonous gas, leaving behind raw gold. Mercury attacks the central nervous system and can cause lifelong disability, including brain damage and even death. It is particularly harmful to children whose systems are still developing. In the mining village of Malaya, we observe light gray mercury from whole ore processing plants flowing directly into the river where children play. A major impediment in helping the children, says Mr. Conde, is lack of action by the government. In March of this year, the government banned underwater mining and the use of mercury in small-scale mining. The government also bans the worst forms of child labor, but it turns a blind eye to enforcing the law. At the root of child labor in the Philippines, as in many other countries, is the struggle for economic survival. Mr. Conde. Child labor is a product of poverty. Therefore, the government should provide poor, vulnerable families with support to enable them to send their children to school. The government should ratify the Minamata Convention on Mercury, and it should also introduce mercury-free gold processing methods. In the long term, it needs to create a legalized, regulated, child labor-free mining sector that helps rural families survive. This is Simari Ainsborough reporting for Radio Labor.
The millions of people around the world who are migrating from their home countries to find decent work or escape conflict was the subject of a major union conference in the Netherlands, October 5th and 6th. The conference was organized by the Building and Woodworkers International and its affiliates in the country. BWI is the Global Union Federation, which represents globally 12 million workers in the building, wood, and forestry sectors. I talked to Jin Suk Lee about migrants. Ms. Lee is the Migration, Gender, and Campaigns Director for BWI. I asked her how labor unions should address issues related to migration. I think we have to be constantly out in the forefront saying that we are on the side of ensuring the rights of migrant workers. It's a very difficult time politically, particularly because there's a lot of backlash against migrant workers. Of course, the economic crisis doesn't help. There's a rise in xenophobia and racism. And so I believe it's been really important for trade unions to say that we're against xenophobia and that we are on the side of rights of workers. I think what's important for trade unions in terms of when you're talking about rights of migrant workers is that you don't pit national workers against migrant workers. It's not an issue that and we have to constantly also push governments and employers who want to use migrant workers to bring down the whole national standards and wages of what unions have really fought really hard for in some countries. And so uh, the most important thing I think for trade unions is that they have to be in the forefront saying we are on the side of migrant workers, but at the same time, regardless of whether they're migrant or national, that a worker is a worker. You can hear an extended version of my interview with Ms. Lee on the Radio Labor website. Now here with his report about union events around the world is Labor Star correspondent Derek Blackadder. Here's a small sample of the more than 2,100 stories that our volunteers have collected since our last report. Last week, our top stories section included links to news about the attack on a peace demonstration organized by Turkish unions in Ankara, the global bad example being set with the new United Kingdom trade union legislation, and a look inside the slave trade. We also had coverage of strikes and lockouts in dozens of countries. Here are just a few highlights. Welsh bus drivers won a pay rise after their strike last week. Yet again, Nigerian local government workers were forced to strike in order to get the back pay that is owed to them. Brazilian bank workers walked in a wage and job security dispute. Construction workers in South Africa downed tools to demand premium pay for underground work. Peruvian iron ore miners refused to return to work despite being ordered to do so by a court. Train drivers in Spain began a series of rotating strikes in their wage and job security dispute. Part-time blood collection workers in Canada entered the second month of their strike for a living wage. In Zambia, university workers ended their strike with a victory over wages. Pakistani paramedics held a sit-in to demand an end to the privatization of hospitals. Public transport workers in the Netherlands walked to back their pension demands. And farm and food processing workers in South Africa won a large wage increase after a six-week-long strike, as did education workers in Namibia. Our top working women stories included coverage of the ongoing women tea plantation workers strikes in India that have resulted in huge victories for the workers, both women and men. 
the push for full labor rights for home-based workers in Pakistan, and the first-ever strike by any professional sports team in Australia, the women footballers. Our health and safety newswire carried stories about the calls for the elimination of asbestos from the United Kingdom, the safety challenges faced by driving instructors in Australia, and the treatment given to American whistleblowers by government safety agencies. Currently, Labor Start is running six online actions. All of these campaigns are requested by and sponsored by unions around the world. Join us in helping workers make their lives better, or even help save those lives. This is Derek Blackadder from Labor Start, reporting for Radio Labor. And that's it. International labor news you can use. Radio Labor's newscasts are available on its website, iTunes, mobile phones, union websites, and community radio stations. Follow us on Twitter, at Radio Labor. Thank you for listening. And remember, it's all about global solidarity. Okay, that was uh, labor news. First, we had the Win Labor Report from Workers Independent News about national issues. And then we had uh, the World Labor Perspective on Labor Radio. And uh, they kicked off with a story about child labor in the Philippines, where Young children are recruited to dive for gold and also to work with mercury, which attracts the gold. And mercury, of course, is poison over a long period of time. It kills you. But who cares, as long as you can get a buck, right? (laughs) Okay, we are going to talk a lot about uh, Columbus today. Christopher Columbus and how Columbus and Columbus Day are such not only watershed events but really issues across which we are divided as a nation uh, in a very, very fundamental way. So we'll talk a little about Columbus right now. I want to get into some Buffy St. Marie. Buffy St. Marie is a Canadian Cree Indian who moved to uh, Hawaii. Here's the Buffy St. Marie set. friends living on tea and odds and ends ah were we lucky now it all depends there was cordell and me and norman brown sitting around away from town and me i'm listening hey oh big mountain guys watch the sunrise in your eyes Taking care of the eldest pride. Hey, hey, Mother Earth. Hey, hey, Father Sky. And me, I've watched it grow. Corn.
corporate greed and a lust for gold and coal and oil and hey now uranium keep the indians under your thumb pray like hell when your bad times come hey rip them up strip them up get them with a gun
but it's still going on here today. The government now wants the Iroquois land, that of the Seneca and the Cheyenne. It's here and it's now, you must help us, dear man, now that the buffalo's gone. Buffy uh, St. Marie, and her first one was about uh, uranium mining on the reservation. Uh, second was kind of a history. What are you going to do? Okay, you killed all the buffalo. That was a, uh, a 19th century version of, uh, of uh, deforestation. Vietnam War and in other wars what we've tried to do is kill things from growing so they can't be a a shelter for some uh, gorilla so you kill the plant right and all the all the leaves fall off and then you can see the guy and you can kill him and this is what was done to native uh, Native American populations as well People weren't out there murdering, uh, murdering 
buffalo because they needed the meat. It was sold to them as a sport. You go out and get on a train, have a big gun, shoot buffalo. Take the buffalo head home, leave the rest of it out there to, uh, to rot. And in one fell swoop, you destroyed the base of a native culture. Natives needed the buffalo to live. Okay, so the theme, of, the theme of our Columbus show is that for the world to live, Columbus must die. And the facts of, of Columbus, when he landed, what he did, uh, all boil down to one thing. Columbus was a lead man for business. Columbus was a shock troop of capitalism. And when he arrived, he defined the labor relations that would from henceforth be, you know, be done by Europeans. The labor relations, the gender relations, the social relations, and the power. Most of all, the power relations. You know, there's one boss and he's going to kick your ass. He's got all these soldiers. And if you don't do what he says, he'll kick your ass. He'll kill you. Cut off your hands, anyway. Anyway, here's Russell Means from American Indian Movement. Means just recently died, but he, for 50 years, Russell Means was the voice of the American Indian Movement. That is the self-determination wing of uh, Native American politics. So here's Russell Means. For the world to live, Columbus must die. This is the most violent country on earth. More violent than the two other countries that come close, Scotland and Australia. And it's more than twice more violent than either one of those countries. That is a statistical fact. So I don't go for the facades, man. I don't go for the Orwellian reality. I have only two concerns in my life, racism and freedom. I want to see freedom for my people in my lifetime, somewhere in the Western Hemisphere, whether it's in the Northwest Territories of Canada or somewhere high in the Andes my people are going to be free. And we're going to stop Denver from celebrating Columbus. And we're going to stop Denver from celebrating Indian killers. You know? We're going to stop the United States of America from naming, dehumanizing names, and employing and paying caricatures. Columbus has to die. After 500 years, kill him! Kill Columbus! His legacy still lives. Columbus has to die. You know, it's because of Columbus that we are primitives. Well, let me tell you, I am a born-again primitive, and I am proud. And I am a born-again primitive.
his legacy, that we are not human beings. You know, it wasn't until 1898, less than a century ago, the Pope declared us to be human beings. 1898. And he's coming to Denver. Ah, I'm going to be here. <laughs> and if the Pope, and if you all don't kill Columbus, I'm going to make sure the Pope kills Columbus when he gets here. And if he doesn't, he's going to remember his visit. And the world will remember his visit. Like how the Maoris greeted Queen Elizabeth two years ago. The world found out. I think you guys are kept in the dark, but the rest of the world found out how the Maoris felt about the Queen of England. And Columbus, imagine the only color of the human race, the red Indians of the Western Hemisphere, were the only color of the human race not allowed to participate in the international community. That's why Columbus has to die. No one talks about majority rule in the five countries where we are majority. Bolivia, Peru, Ecuador, Panama, Colombia, Canada, ostensibly in Canada, because 90% of the non-Indians live within 100 miles of the U.S. border. And guess who lives in the north? And we control it. Canada found that out last year. The Oka crisis that you were kept from. When the Canadian Armed Forces employed more soldiers to surround 50 men, women, and children, Indians, than they sent to Saudi Arabia in the Gulf War. That's how serious the indigenous threat to industrial America is. And the Orwellian reality that you are now a part of. It's unacceptable that the legacy of Columbus keeps my people from sitting at the table of the international family of nations when all the rest of the sacred colors of the human race are there. Black. Brown. Yellow. White. We're missing. In 1900, they estimated there were approximately a quarter of a million Indians left in the continental United States and Alaska. 99.9% .9 of that quarter million were traditional Indian people. Now, according to the U.S. Census, who defines us by blood quantum, only two other countries in the world do that. One is past, Nazi Germany and South Africa. They say there are approximately 2 million Indians left in America, and there are less than 400,000 on the Indian reservation. Of those 400,000, there's less than 30,000 that are traditional Indian people. So the genocide is almost complete. 
in 92 years, we've went from a quarter of a million to less than 30,000. It's unacceptable. That is the Columbus legacy. To celebrate the first transatlantic slave trader is beyond me. Where are the black people, my allies? I was on the Poor People's March, man. I've been there in Washington, D.C. with you all. Where are my black brothers and sisters on this question? Columbus was the first transatlantic slave trader. But it was us, man, it was us. And this country and this city has the gall to celebrate it. And everyone knows he was a half a world, of course. I mean, that's, that's buffoonery, man. You can't be more off course than a half of a world. How can you celebrate a clown like that, man? How can anybody be proud that he's a hero of questionable ancestry? Because the Portuguese, who employed him first as a slave trader up and down the West African coast, that alone, I should be marching with thousands of black brothers and sisters on Columbus Day. Where's our allies, man? Where's the Catholics? Huh? Where's the Mormons? Huh? Where's corporate America, whose land they're getting rich off of? Can't they say thank you? And say no more Columbus Day? No more Redskins? No more Braves? No more Indians riding a spotted pony around a football stadium dressed in my ancestral heritage? Stanford and Dartmouth, to name a few, along with University of Oklahoma, got rid of their, their names and their mascots. After I sued the Cleveland Indians, baseball team for their racist, dehumanizing, derogatory symbol, Chief Waddle, in 1971. You don't think that's an issue, Andy Rooney? Andy Rooney doesn't think that's an issue. The only time I have ever received hate mail was when I sued the Cleveland Indians baseball team for racism. I didn't even get hate mail from the leftists when I fought against the Sandinistas, man. But I got hate mail from the sports lovers of America, the ones that fill the stadiums, man. Now I know the four sacred colors that are primary. All colors are sacred. But in the Lakota way of life, we have four primary colors, black, red, yellow, and white. They represent the four quarters of the universe the four winds, the four points, the four seasons, the four ages of the world, the four ages of the human being. Those, court, those colors represent medicine, health, well-being, spirituality. You mix those four colors together, black, red, yellow, and white, and you get the color brown, the color of our grandmother, the earth, I have respect. I have respect because I know that I wasn't born in sin. I'm not a born liar. 
You understand? My children are not born liars, and neither are you. You're not born in sin. I don't care what anybody tells you or what you believe. You're a good human being with feelings. And every damn one of us have feelings, man. And that's what makes us human beings and part of the family. You know? The hawks and the eagles don't integrate, but they have respect. The hawk flies lower and stirs up the world beneath it so the eagle can see a little bit better. The black widow spider has respect for daddy long legs and they get along. The rattlesnake for the garter snake. The birch tree for the evergreen. And you go on and on throughout life and you find out that female-male balance. But you understand that we are no different than they are. And you understand that we're all born with feelings, man. The same feelings. The same pain. The same joy. So again, in the words of Chief Seattle, tribe follows tribe and nation follows nation. It's like the waves of the sea. It's the order of nature. And regret is useless. Your time of decay may be distant, but it will surely come. For even the white man's God who walked and talked with him as friend with friend could not escape our common destiny. We may be Russell Means, and uh, Russell Means uh, very cogently explained um, Russell Means put it where it was. Russell Means uh, talked about the world from a native point of view and uh, our history, the history we learn of Columbus is from the point of view of the class that he represented, the, the ruling class that owns the world today or wants to own the world. So indigenous people's day is what people have decided is an alternative, which makes uh, far more sense. Uh, when you think about it, who's being celebrated. And as Means points out, Columbus was a slave trader, and he is one of our heroes, as are, well, people like Jefferson, Washington, uh, slave traders. So Columbus matters. What you think about Columbus says a lot about who you are in in the uh, political world around you. Okay, so we're quote-unquote celebrating Columbus Day, but we're really celebrating indigenous people today. 
and uh, see what we got here. Be back in a few seconds. Everybody, take a break. All right, back again for uh, the second hour of our show. I went open with some uh, lonely ladies, and then uh, how about a mayoral candidate? Start out with the Dixie Chicks. Now in forever, my favorite country group. He's past 18, he was waiting for the bus, and his army green sat down in a booth cafe there gave his order to a girl with a bow in her hair he's a little shy so she give him a smile and he said would you mind sitting down for a while and talking to me i'm feeling a little low she said i'm off in an hour and i know where we can go so they went down 
right there, um, two lonely ladies, um, Natalie Mines and the Dixie Chicks, singing an anti-war song about a soldier who's uh, moving from one war to another, I assume. After that, we had Amy Lou Harris and her song about a young woman who comes to the coast to work in the entertainment business and strike it rich and ends up sweeping out uh, warehouses. It's called I Got Two More Bottles of Wine. I want to talk a little now about uh, local elections uh, on November 3rd. See, that's a, a Tuesday. If you haven't registered yet, you got one more day. Monday is the deadline to register. And if you want to send in your vote or bring your vote in early, go ahead. You've got time now. You've still got time to do that. But let's see. This is the pissed off voter guide. Okay, the League of Pissed Off Voters. A bunch of political geeks with a torrid but troubled love affair with San Francisco. We're blessed to live in America's most progressive city. All of us are lucky enough to enjoy the San Francisco magic. Owe it to our city to fight to keep it diverse, just, and healthy. Okay, that's their mission statement. Here's what they say. Mayor, one, two, three, anyone but Lee. And you've got three choices there, according to them. Amy Farrell Weiss was a neighborhood activist. She wants progressives to quit naysaying and work towards development we do want. Stuart Schuffman, a.k.a. Broke-Ass Stewart, is using his mayoral run to raise awareness about San Francisco politics and specific issues like corruption. And Francisco Herrera, who we're going to hear from, is a lifetime Latino activist who I've personally known for over 30 years. And uh, an accomplished musician, professional musician as well. Now, there's another issue that I wanted to address, which is very close to the issue of Columbus and how he's taught and how Columbus is seen. As Russell Means just pointed out, he was a slave trader. He traded up and down the coast of Africa in the uh, employ of the Portuguese before he made his epic voyage. And even at that time, since it was a business venture, he had to bring something of value back. But what did he bring? That wasn't gold in any quantity. He brought back human lives. He brought back people. So they could be sold or given away. Okay, Frisco Proposition. Let's, let's stick on the subject here, Bill. Prop A, hell yes, 310 million bond for affordable housing. Prop B, yes, parental leave for city employees. C, 
Yes, track spending by expenditure lobbyists. D, Mission Rock Develop. Prop E, over-the-hill requirements for government meetings, over-the-top requiring. Prop F, hell yes, enforceable regulations on Airbnb-type rentals. Prop G, no, PG&E's dirty energy power grab. Prop H, yes, honest clean energy, labeling for clear power, SF. Popeye, yes, pause new luxury housing in the mission. Prop J, yes, help preserve legacy businesses. And K, use surplus city property for affordable housing. Ed Lee's first election was marred by voter fraud and illegal campaign donations. Lee has been part of the Willie Brown machine for decades, and the machine continues to run City Hall for the benefit of their friends and allies. His biggest funder is Ron Conway, a Jeb Bush-loving Republican who stands to profit off his early investments in Airbnb and Twitter. Thanks to Lee. Gross. That's their description. Okay, well, let's listen to one of these guys who wants to uh, replace Ed Lee. No se asuste con la migra, aunque se llame Ice. Nomás no le abra la puerta, es todo. Get scared by the migra. Eso mero. Mira, llega a tu casa a las 5 de la mañana. Y si tú no eres Juan Pérez, no le abras ni la ventana. Si la migra llega buscando a la persona equivocada, hazle valer tus derechos, tú no le contestes nada. Dale. Y la migra ya gritando que te van a deportar Si no trae orden del juez Los dientes te ha de pelar con deportarnos dice que cumple su misión quiero verlos en los campos con tremendo canastón los congresistas racistas van a endurecer la ley quiero verlos en los campos trabajando como güeyes Llamarnos terrorista, los que tumbaron las torres 
Taiban Visa de Turista. Vuela fregada. Y se salieron con la suya. ¿Por qué no bombardean Arabia Saudita? Ve nomás. Ya mandaron hasta el Army a la línea fronteriza. Aumentan así los precios para visa de turista. Quien chambea sin documentos enriquece la nación. Trabaja duro y barato para el flojo anglosajón. Ya me voy, ya me despido, ya me llevan deportado. Aunque pongan 20 muros, mañana habré regresado. This one has got the refrain of, I mean, no me crean, which means don't take my word. Oh, God on TV. ¿Cómo la ven? Los primeros en morir en Irak, latinos. Pero que no nos quieren aquí, dice Chihuahua, ¿cómo está la cosa? Vamos a ver. Dicen que los gringos son unos hombres muy valientes, por eso mandan latinos primerito para el frente. Los ricos se presentan como gente muy patriota Por eso la clase obrera está en Irak calzando botas Pero a mí no me crean lo que les digo Ahí tienen la tele como testigo Pero a mí no me crean lo que les digo Ahí tienen la tele como testigo Por allá andan presumiendo sus aviones invisibles Que sus bombas solo matan a soldados y a civiles También dicen que sus bombas nos han dirigido mal Han caído en edificios y uno que otro hospital Pero a mí no me crean lo que les digo, ahí tienen la tele como testigo, pero a mí no me crean lo que les digo, ahí tienen la tele como testigo. Y cuentan que los Hussein son unos hombres muy matones, pero cómo van las cosas, a Bush no le llegan ni a los talones. Otros dicen que la ONU se opuso a la invasión No sabiendo esa señora que Bush era su patrón Pero a mí no me crean lo que les digo Ahí tienen la tele como testigo Pero a mí no me crean lo que les digo Ahí tienen la tele como testigo Ay, 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 si 
CNN, Fox News, Univision, todos dicen y dicen, y si lo dicen, por algo lo dicen, pero a la hora de la hora no sé ni lo que dicen, solo que otros dicen que esta guerra es ilegal, pero por nosotros ser gabachos eso no se ve tan mal. Soy jornalero, disque ilegal, pero qué suerte la mía, si me voy para Irak. Bush me da ciudadanía En la tumba, en la tumba Ya con esta me despido De esta gran calamidad Les deseo mucha suerte Descubriendo la verdad Pero a mí no me crean Lo que les digo Ahí tienen la tele Como testigo Pero a mí no me crean lo que les digo, ahí tienen la tele como testigo. La y la, la y la, la y la y la. Vamos. Ok, that was uh, Francisco Herrera, a mayoral candidate and a entertainer extraordinaire with two of his songs from his latest album, which is Honor Migrante. Uh, pero a mí no me creen. Don't take my word for it. They say that the gringos say that they're very brave, but they always end up putting people of color in the front lines, among other things. So go out and vote. If you're a San Francisco voter, vote for Herrera. I mean, man, wouldn't it be great to have someone like that with a uh, regular person's perspective as our mayor? Okay, well, I wanted to address another thing. We we're talking about Junipero Serra. The, the Pope, Pope Francis, recently declared that Serra would be a shortcut to being a saint. He was a saint already. Um... I guess to a lot of people that was nice. Uh, Serra was kind of the founder and the backbone, the spirit, guiding spirit behind the early missions. He was born in Mallorca and came to Baja California and was named to head the expedition north to what we now call California. And to found missions along the way to convert the native tribes that lived around there to Christianity and get them to become European workers. Wake up in the morning, have a little breakfast, go to work, stop and have lunch, work some more, have a little dinner, work some more. Uh, in other words, the natives, in order to join the missions, had to come and live the European way. And once they, they had come to the mission, it was often very difficult for them to leave. Uh, the missions were terrible places for Indians. Three quarters of all uh, Indian babies that were born in the missions didn't make it to five years old. They were horrible, murderous places. Uh, sort of like the engines of oppression, of 
oppressing people with this new way of life. So the Father Serra sainthood question is analogous to the Columbus question. Was Columbus good or bad? What, what, who, who was Columbus and who are you? More than anything else. Anyway, political satire takes various forms. Uh, Father Father Serra might be pictured as someone who was killing Indians with a machine gun or something, and then ah, well, anyway, here's uh, Margaret Cho. None of the uh, Bush administration is no, not sexy people. None of them. Not even Laura Bush, who I think I think Laura Bush is pretty, but. You know her pussy tastes like Lysol. <laughs> Do you see why I was disinvited to the Democratic National Convention? because I'm dangerous. <laughs> I speak the truth. <laughs> I know there are a lot of men's in here who have no idea what pussy tastes like. Allergic. <laughs> if I even have a little itty bitty tiny itty bitty piece of pussy, my throat will swell up. <laughs> oh, girl, I could die. See, I got my bracelet. <laughs> I don't want to give the impression that pussy has a pine aftertaste. <laughs> well, it's better than Barbara Bush. That's just straight up mothballs. That's a mouthful of Ben Gay. That's what that is. My whole face is numb. I can't.
I'm probably gonna get shot. So enjoy it while you can. But things are bad, you know? It, it, it's like you know things are bad when you're reminiscing about how great a president Ronald Reagan was. I couldn't believe it when I found out that he had died because I thought he was dead already. <laughs> he died again? <laughs> then they would not bury him. They dragged him everywhere. It was Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> they propped him up, put him in a Hawaiian shirt and sunglasses, dragged him from Washington to Simi Valley. I said, put him in the ground. He died two times. Okay, Margaret Cho calls out uh, Laura Bush in the uh, most basic way possible. And we're up to about 11.34 now. Columbus, Sarah. This was the date of a bread riot, quote unquote, where the women of Paris, whose aim was not to overthrow the government or, uh, you know, make a disturbance, they wanted to feed their families. So they marched to Versailles to demand bread and they were turned back by royal troops. This is a bit of labor history that illustrates to us how the battle for labor is really the battle for survival. Those women were in families that had a lot of money. They wouldn't need to march to Versailles. And this day in labor history, October 12th, 1898, company guards kill at least eight miners who are attempting to stop scabs in Bearden, Illinois. Six guards are also killed and 30 persons wounded as in 1898. Reviving the strike. The American Labor Union is to rise again. The author said it will not be as a result of electing Democrats, the passage of legislation, or improved methods of union organizing. Rather, workers will need to rediscover the power of the strike, not the ineffectual strike of today, where employees meekly sit on picket lines waiting for scabs to take their jobs 
the kind of strike capable of grinding industries to a halt. Kind employed up until the 1860s, 1960s in the United States. There are such strikes all over the world, constantly. In 1933, some 2,000 workers demanding union recognition closed down dress manufacturing in Los Angeles. More than one million Canadian workers demonstrate against wage controls in 1976. On the 13th, the American Federation of Labor in 1934 voted to boycott all German-made products. More than 1,100 office workers in 1985 strike Columbia University in New York City. They win union recognition and pay increases. 1998, the NBA Pro Basketball League cancels regular season games due to a player lockout. Player salaries and pay caps are the, the primary issue. See, in big time sports, the uh, owners are the worst, their own worst enemies. They can't agree to put a cap on themselves because they're always trying to outdo one another by bidding for the, the highest priced players or prospects. Queen Marie Antoinette was beheaded on October 16, 1793. President Woodrow Wilson signs the Clayton Act in 1914 often referred to as Labor's Magna Carta, establishing that unions are not conspiracies under the law. Yet for the first time, free unions to strike, picket, and boycott employers. In the years that followed, however, numerous state measures and negative court interpretations weakened the law. 1859, October 16th. Abolitionist John Brown leads 18 men, including five free blacks, in an attack on the Harper's Ferry Ammunition Depot. The beginning of guerrilla warfare against slavery. Now remember, you're only alone when you don't stand up. If you're sitting down, you'll be counted for not standing up. 6 Rodriguez Rich Folks Hoax The moon is hanging in the purple sky Baby's sleeping while its mother sighs Same jokes, and they park in basic places. The priest is preaching from a shallow. 
grave He counts his money Then he paints you
probable cause or that proper ammunition they call reasonable suspicion listen i bring friction to your whole jurisdiction you planted seeds in my seat when i wasn't looking now you ask me for my license registration where the fuck do i work what the fuck is my occupation well i'm an mc i'm down with the fuji's mother mary caught a flashback like rodney now the cops got lolly the subconscious psychology that you use against me if i lose control will send me to the penitentiary it's alcatraz and shot up like el haj militia bass hot class get bypassed when my ass gets harassed and the fuzz tree bruns like they manhood never was and if you too powerful you get bugged like peter tosh and marley was and my word does nothing against the fed so my eyes stay red as i chase crazy ball heads word up Chases on, I feel like the bad guy. Fifth gear, 125, like New Jersey drive. Looked in my rearview mirror, police was getting closer. Heard a roar in the sky, looked up and saw the blue thunder. My inner conscience says, throw your handkerchief and surrender. So who? The star spangled banner, oh. Say, can't you see cops more crooked than we? By the dawn, early night, robbing niggas for keys. Easy, low key, crooked military. Pay taxes up my ass, but they still harass me. Got me busting and cussing in the concrete jungle. Fuss being triple like that tall kid with tumbles. Handle by Hannibal. Suitable to be a fugitive like Dr. Kimball. Hey, yo, should I slow down? Nah, kid, go faster. Just cause they got a badge, they can still be imposters. Probable cause got flaws like dirty drawers. Meet me at the corner store so we can start the street wars. Get some shrimp fried rice and make salad at the same time. chicken wing don't put that little with that little retarded leg in it because right. cut that off okay you know? then. don't put no onions in my in my white rice okay that's the fujis we we started out with uh, lauren hill and i thought it appropriate that we uh end with lauren hill this is labor and love Coming at you from Mutiny Radio at 2781 21st Street. The place where it's happening. Come on down. We got radio. We got art. We've got comedy and music. And it's all happening here. 2781 21st Street. 
corner of Florida. I want to give some, as usual, this show is dedicated to those 250 people in the United States and those 1,500 people around the world who will die of work-related causes, either happenings on the job or conditions that they got from working. 2.3 million workers in the year. When one person gets a dollar they didn't work for, another person worked for a dollar they didn't get. If you don't have a seat at the table, the negotiating table that is, you're probably on the menu. And never but never let anyone into your heart who is not a friend of labor. Adios. Hasta la otra semana.
Can you tell me what food relieves insomnia, anxiety, stress, chronic brain, depression, nausea, and can induce euphoria and stimulate appetite? I'm going to guess waffles. <laughs> that is incorrect. <laughs> Actually, Alex, the food I'm talking about are cannabis-based medicinal extracts. Cannabis-based medicinal extracts? That sounds like you're smoking drugs, Ed. No, baby. There are smokeless, safe, and less expensive alternatives to smoking. But can I use it to sleep? Yes, baby. Good, because I'm so excited by this that I may never sleep again. And it sounds like you, Alex, may want to check out the number 4AltaCalifornia.com. That's 4AltaCalifornia.com for a non-addictive, pharmaceutical-free alternative to smoking medical marijuana. Check them out today at number 4AltaCalifornia.com. Join us every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. for Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse here on Mutiny Radio. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin, bringing you the best of San Francisco's underground comedy scene here every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. It's only $2. You can bring your own beer and listen to comedy here every Friday, 8 to 10 p.m., 21st in Florida. It's mutinyradio.fm. The House of Pride radio show, LGBT radio for everyone. Funky interviews, funky beats, talking drag queens, and much, much more. It's LGBT radio for everyone. Listen live every Wednesday, 6 to 8 p.m. House of Pride Radio, LGBT radio for everyone. Celebrating the considerable contributions of the LGBT community in San Francisco and beyond. Every Wednesday, 6 to 8 p.m. Listen here for hot new local beats by LGBT artists and listen to live interviews. Tune in. Turn on every Wednesday, 6 to 8 p.m., House of Pride Radio with drag queen personalities, Tweeka Turner and Pearl T. Are you sick of reading the news? Do you even bother to read the news anymore? Do you need someone to read it to you because it's just so disgusting and depressing? If so, then the Weekly Review is the show for you. Join Roman Reimer as Roman reads the news, whether it be LGBTQ issues, cannabis legalization, prison abolition, police brutality, or many other issues that sometimes the media just doesn't feel the need to cover. Listen in, Fridays at noon, Mutiny Radio. Roman's also joined by activists, community organizers, artists, and many other great folks working to make the world a better place. Have no fear. The news is here. And if you feel like yelling about it, well, then Roman will be yelling with you. The Weekly Review, Fridays at noon on Mutiny Radio. Hello, comrades. This is your comrade, Zach Wiseman, host of government-sponsored program, Communist Folding Chairs, mandated by the Kremlin to occur every Monday, 2 to 4 p.m., broadcast by our comrades at mutinyradio.fm. 
Sit, relax, listen to my comrades in stand-up comedy march honorably through their cold balance sets, and other comrades make fun of them. Because in Mother Russia, if you can't laugh about starving for turn-up, and beat, and attention, you are a capitalist pig, and the KB KGB will visit you shortly. Every Monday, 2 to 4 p.m. Looking to invest in the future of your community? MuniRadio.fm and the Boys and Girls Club Mission Clubhouse needs your help. Please donate to keep the Radio Clash Children's Institute right now alive on the air every Thursday from 4.50 to 5.50 p.m. Donations are tax deductible. Donate online at www.muniradio.fm or just stop by the station at 21st Street and Florida. That's 2781 21st Street and throw some cash in the big glass jar. Stop by to experience live audience friendly shows every day of the week and know that you're supporting the future of the mission by keeping free speech alive for all ages. This PSA is brought to you by your friends and community partners at muniradio.fm. <laughs> Hi, I'm Chuck Weiss. If you're an old baby boomer like me, pain is probably something you've learned to live with by now. Yes, there are drugs on the market that help, but they come with side effects and shouldn't be used for extended periods of time. But fortunately, there is an effective natural pain reliever available in this state, medical cannabis. Let me tell you about Alta California Botanicals. They're a manufacturer of fine cannabis tinctures. Now you can take your medication in liquid form, much more discreet than pulling out a pipe and lighting up. Alta California Botanicals offers five different formulations, each one addressing a specific medical concern. There are two that are designed for pain, one to be swallowed, of course, and a new one for external use only. I'm going to have to try that one myself on my arthritic fingers. There's a tincture for stress and one for anxiety. They'll certainly keep you mellow. And there's even one for people who suffer from MS. The cannabis tinctures from Alta California Botanicals come in one half ounce bottles. Each batch is laboratory tested and certified free of pesticides and mold. In other words, completely natural and unadulterated. Alta California Botanicals doesn't sell directly to the public, of course, but if you visit their website at Alta, A-L-T-A, CaliforniaBotanicals.com and enter your zip code, they'll give you a list of dispensaries near you that keep their tinctures in stock. Now here's a tip for the holiday season. Keep a couple of extra bottles of the stress formula handy. It'll help maintain your cool amongst all that shopping madness. I'm Chuck Weiss for AltaCaliforniaBotanicals.com. Do you have a great idea for a product or service but don't know where to start? Are you looking to expand your current business? Women's Initiative of San Francisco began its business management training program for low-income, high-potential women in 1988. To attend a free orientation on how you can achieve your dream of starting your own business, or for more information, please contact 415-641-3460 or visit womensinitiative.org. 